Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Acts. We'll be in Acts chapter number 28, Acts chapter number 28, and uh, we're go- that's the last chapter of the book of Acts, and we're actually going to use as our text this morning uh, the last four verses of this chapter, so the last four verses uh, of the book of Acts this morning, Acts chapter number 28, and in just a moment we'll begin reading in verse 28. And I'm looking forward to what the Lord has for us this morning, but all day long, let me encourage you uh, to be back in the service tonight. I'm thankful that we have the freedom uh, to be in church, and I trust that we take advantage of that, uh, every opportunity that we have. And so I look forward to the service tonight, and I believe it will be a help to us. But this morning, uh, we're going to look in the book of Acts and begin reading in verse number 28. And recently, uh, I decided I would sit down and read through the book of Acts. You know how I like to read through uh, books of the Bible in their entirety. And I sat down and uh, read from chapter number 1 all the way through chapter number 28. And each time I do that, uh, the Lord shows me something else. And uh, I was thinking about uh, this thought, and uh, it developed into this message this morning. And I believe it's going to be a help to us as we look again into the life of the Apostle Paul. And it seems like we're always, recently, we're spending a lot of time in the life of the Apostle Paul. Uh, Sunday night, we're in Romans chapter number one. Uh, in, on Wednesday night, we're in 2 Timothy chapter number four, talking about Paul's companions. And this morning, uh, we're in the book of Acts. And I, want, I believe there's an important lesson here uh, in the life of Paul. Acts chapter 28 and verse number 28. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. Boy, I'm so thankful that the salvation of God was sent unto the Gentiles. You say, why are you thankful for that? Because you're looking at a Gentile. Uh, I'm thankful that the salvation of God was sent unto the Gentiles. Verse 29 And when he had had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Uh, The ministry of the Apostle Paul is an amazing ministry. It's amazing because of what he was able to accomplish through the Spirit of God. Uh, the souls that were saved, the churches that were planted, uh, the gospel getting to the world. Uh, what, a, what a great uh, ministry. Fascinating to read about the ministry of the Apostle Paul. The life of the Apostle Paul is a fascinating life. And I look at the Apostle Paul and you see uh, all that he accomplished for the cause of Christ. But you have to take note of some of the things that he endured. You have to take note of some of the things that uh, he overcame uh, in his own personal life, but then all the opposition uh, against him and against his ministry. Uh, we find the Apostle Paul at the end of Acts chapter, that book of Acts uh, on house arrest. Uh, that's not where Paul wanted to be, but he's locked down, and the government has got him locked down. But I want us to see this morning that there, there are times in our life when we get locked down, um, sometimes the government, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, will try and lock you down. Um, but sometimes life gets locked down because you had plans that you thought you were going to fulfill, and life changed. Uh, you get locked down because of your health. You get locked down because you got laid off. You get locked down because a family member did some things that you, you didn't anticipate. You got locked down because life just happened, and 
God, I thought we were, I wanted to use my life, only have so much time. I wonder if the Apostle Paul ever got frustrated by being thrown in jail. I wonder if the Apostle Paul was frustrated uh, being under a house arrest. But I want us to see this morning that uh, you don't have to be let down when you're locked down. All of us are going to face times in our life, some right now, uh, when God just hits the pause button. And God just says, be still. And God says, this is what you're going to do. I'm, I'm going to allow you to be put under house arrest. But I want us to see this morning, those are not times for us to be discouraged. Those are not times for us to throw up our hands and say, well, I guess it just didn't work out for me. Those are not times for us to say, well, I guess God had other plans. We don't know all the plans that God has. But this morning, don't be let down when locked down. You can still be productive for the Lord. Father, I pray this morning uh, that you would allow us to see from this passage of Scripture these great, great truths uh, that we can grab a hold of. And Father, I pray this morning that the Spirit of God would uh, plant them deep in our heart so that if we're facing a situation where we can't do all that we'd like to do, I know sometimes as a church we seem to uh, be, be waiting on you to move. May we not miss the opportunity as we wait. And Father, in life, may we look into the life of the Apostle Paul, and it seems like uh, sometimes uh, they're wasted years when you don't intend for them to be wasted years or wasted time. And may the truth of God's words be real. Uh, may if there's one unsaved, may they trust you today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul was certainly called and committed to the spread of the gospel through the preaching of the word of God and through the planning of churches. If there's anyone on the pages of Scripture that embodies this, it was the Apostle Paul. Paul had, as I've already mentioned, he, he had an unusual relationship with God. We know that God chose him for a very specific thing, and the Spirit of God was on his ministry in great, great ways. That as a preacher this morning and as a, as a Christian, I look at some of the things that Paul accomplished, and I sit in amazement because to know that the work of God would work in such a great way through a man. But there's more to the life of Paul than just the power of God that was on him. I don't want to minimize that because you cannot minimize the presence of God. You cannot minimize the power of God. And it's certainly a crucial tool. It's, it's, it's crucial just in the life, not just in the life of a preacher, but in the life of the Christian as well. But Paul also had a unique ability to continue in spite of unforeseen situations. He had the unique ability to just keep on going. Or if you can say it like this, to take things in stride. Now, he had, how did he have this ability? Because he had a great faith in God. And when God said that he was going to use Paul for certain things, Paul never lost faith, although there was times, I'm certainly, certainly there were times where it seemed like it was in question. And if we can get much out of the life of Paul, which we can, I certainly look at the power of God in his life and I say, I'd like to have just a small portion of that. But I'd also like to have the characteristic that Paul had, that 
He just wasn't going to quit. He was just going to take life in stride. He was just going to keep going. He was just going to wherever God had him. He was going to continue to serve God, continue to be faithful. And I think if all of us look to this portion of Paul's life, there's some things that we could learn and still be used in a great way. See, Paul is imprisoned in our text. He's been placed under house arrest, but he continued to do the will of God. This is important because sometimes we get locked down in life and we talk about the will of God, but we don't do it. We reminisce on the will of God and we don't do it. He is under house arrest and he continues to do the will of God. No matter what situation he found himself in, he did not stop doing the will of God. I think of his imprisonment. I think of his persecutions. And the one that comes to mind immediately is being in prison with Silas. Now, even in the midst of being in that prison, in that dungeon, they continue to do the will of God as they were able to in that situation. You see, what did they do? They sang and glorified God. You say, Pastor, I I can't preach. I don't have a call to preach like you have. I can't do what other people can do. Well, guess what we all can do, and no matter the situation we find ourselves in, we can praise and glorify God. He continued to do the will of God. Was it ideal circumstances uh, for uh, advancing the cause of Christ? Well, certainly in God's mind it was because he allowed it. But he continued to do the will of God. Think of the great shipwreck that he experienced um, and how uh, he, he, he stayed in, in touch with God. And, and even after the shipwreck, uh, he, his attention immediately went to the salvation of those uh, that, that their lives were spared with him. And when they washed up on that shore, the, the, the minister wrecked to, and no matter what situation he found himself in, he just continued to do the will of God. See, on the surface, it looks like sometimes Paul, time is just getting away from him. Paul's days are numbered as all of ours are numbered. He's got to get the gospel to the world God, from a man's standpoint, he doesn't have time to be under house arrest. He doesn't have time to bounce from prison to prison. Yes, you use that to get him to Rome, but now he needs to be turned loose so that the gospel can be preached. And sometimes we take a similar approach even in things that take place in our own nation. On the surface, it seemed like time was being wasted. His goals and dreams unfulfilled. Often that takes place in our own life, doesn't it? Sometimes it seems that we get locked down, maybe or maybe not under house arrest, but sometimes our financial situation locks us down. Well, individually, but I know as a pastor, it's like, oh, if I had the money to, 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 to buy this many buses, I had the money to build this many Sunday school rooms, if I had the money to support this many missionaries, we could. And it seems like we're locked down, but we got to be reminded Uh, that God will use what we don't think can be used. Sometimes it's our health, and 
Pastor, I, I can't do it right now. Our life is so busy. There's more that I'd like to do. There's more that I'd like to, there's more time I'd like to spend uh, with, with my own family. There's, I, I, would, I would teach a Sunday school class, but, but I can't. Or, or I've taught one for all these years, and now I can't teach one. It just seems like time is being wasted, and it just seems like we're locked down. And sometimes when we get in that situation, we feel like we have been let down. I've had this statement said to me many a times, Pastor, all I've ever tried to do is serve God. Now I find myself in this situation. Well, that's a very revealing statement, and maybe we've all thought it. But we ought to serve God for His pleasure, not for our own. We serve God not what we're going to get out of it, but because we ought to serve God. But, but I think we can certainly relate to that statement. And behind it, yes, there's probably some feeling sorry for ourselves, but there's also a, now I'm not going to be able to do what I thought I'd be able to do with my life and for my God. Let me make this statement to us this morning as we apply this thought to our life. When we are locked down in life, we tend to believe the opportunity has passed us by instead of considering the lockdown as the opportunity. We pray for, I trust that you do, I pray for God to use your life to make a difference in the life of somebody else. What a lonely, wasted life to just spend for yourself, trying to get ahead, trying to get. What an empty life. But I hope all of us live to invest in somebody and to help somebody. And sometimes we look at a lockdown in life, whether it may be something that we've gone through as an entire nation. Maybe it be something that you personally go through as a family or as an individual. And it just seems like, boy, I'd like to be a part of this. I'd like to give. I'd like to do more for God. But I just can't. And sometimes we get, feel like we're let down by God because something didn't work out the way we wanted it to work out or or something seemed to fall apart, and now we're like Paul, we're on house arrest in life. And sometimes we feel like we've been let down when we fail to consider that the lockdown might be the opportunity. Some of you have faced tragedy. Some of you are dealing with heartache today. And you feel like it has derailed your whole life. Certainly, it's changed the course. And sometimes we think, well, we missed it. If this had never happened, then I could have fulfilled these dreams. But you got to remember, sometimes God puts the great apostle Paul under a house arrest. That was not an opportunity that passed him by. That was the opportunity. That was the will of God. Because, see, with a little bit closer study, we'll find that Paul continued to win people to Christ. He continued to minister to Christians. I mean, after all, the books of the Bible, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon were all penned while he was under house arrest. See, God does not need the circumstances that you and I think God needs for him to use your life. God does not need open doors for him to keep his cause moving forward. God just needs surrendered Christians 
to whatever God brings their way, and instead of feeling like God let us down, or life let us down, what do we do now? We've got to look at it, not as now opportunity has passed us by, but the lockdown just might be the opportunity. Often as we're a church that in the past has sent out laborers, we continue to train laborers to go out and preach the gospel. We've got to be very careful not to have our whole world lapped up, uh, uh, wrapped around uh, some, some, some people we've never met, so, so, some, some groups of people that we, we've never uh, been in contact with, and let those that pass us by every day go by without a witness, go by without a kind word, go by without an encouragement. Sometimes, why does God, you know, as a church, man, we, we, I feel like the children of Israel sometimes because we've traveled from here to here to here to here, but now God has us here. He's planted, and sometimes it seems like now well, this is the year that we're going to do it, and lo and behold, let's have a pandemic in the middle of it. Let's do all of these things here, and, 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 let's, and, and let's, 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 as a nation, can I say it like this? Let's just lose our minds. But there's great opportunity the day we find ourselves in today, as Christians, there's great opportunity as the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Whatever you face, if you're not facing something today, you will say, but what? I just don't know what God is doing. Don't look at what God is doing and try and figure out God, but look at the situation you find yourself in. There's a few things I want us to see here so, that will keep us from being let down when we're locked down. Let me in verse number 30. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house. I guess two months isn't that bad. Two years in his own hired house and received all that came into him. Let me say number one, the focus does not change. Notice that phrase, and received all that came in unto him. The focus does not change. Uh, we ought to be using our lives to help other people. It's not about you. It's about others. Not about you, it's about somebody else. Just as it's miserable for an individual to live their life all about them, it is even more miserable for a Christian to live a self-centered, selfish life and never invest in somebody else. See, your, your situation may have changed, but the focus does not change. See, we know from the ministry of Paul that he stood on the steps of those great pagan temples and preached the Word of God. He stood in those great councils and argued with those theologians of a, and preached of a risen Christ. Paul had the audience of kings and, and those in great power. And Paul could plant those churches and Paul would turn cities upside down with the power of God and the gospel. But now Paul is on house arrest. And instead of losing his focus, instead of feeling sorry for himself, now he would not be on the temple steps. Now he would not be out at the market, but he would just focus on those who God brought across his path. And friend, life may not have ended up like you thought it would end up, but who is God bringing across your path today? And as a church, we may not be able to pound the pavement like we have in the past, but who does God bring across your path today? The focus does not change. 
God put all of us here to honor and glorify Him, but God put all of us here to be a help and make a difference in the life of somebody else. If Christians would stop looking just at their own needs and start looking at the people God brought, oh, Pastor, I wish I could have some kind of a ministry. How many people cross your path in a day? I mean, I know members in our church who I get notifications all the time. I got, a, I got a sales call, and I gave them the gospel. That, by the way, that's one way to get on a no-call list. Is every time they call you, talk to them about heaven or hell. But that's, that's not losing focus. Well, I, 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 can't, I, can't, we can't, I can't go like I used to go. I can't do... You don't have to lose focus. That'll keep you from getting let down. You may not be able to do what you'd like to do for God. You may not be able to do what you think you ought to be able to do for God. But you can focus on the next person that comes across your path. You can focus on the person. Hey, you got to get outside of yourself. And when you go out in public or even when you get on the church property, you start looking at faces and look at those Who's got a smile on their face? And who seems to be burdened this morning? And who seems to need a smile today? And who needs a kind word? Your kindness, your awareness of somebody else may just improve their day enough to keep them going. But you know, life didn't turn out for you the way you thought it was going to turn out. So God lets you down. No, God may have put you in a lockdown because there's some people he's going to bring to you so that you can be, well, the only people I'm ever around is my own family. Well, let's start there. Let's be a help there. Let's be an example there. The focus does not change. Pastor, all I ever do now is go to doctor's visits. Well, there's probably some discouraged people in that waiting room. Don't you, be the, the, don't you be the grumpy patient that the doctor hates to see? Oh, by the way, doc, I want to invite you to church. You, it's changed for you, but there's somebody that you could... The focus does not change. If we continue number, number two, let's look at verse number 31. After he received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that phrase, preaching the kingdom of God. The purpose does not change. What was this purpose? To preach the kingdom of God. See, the focus and the purpose are tied together. Paul did not have the great audience. Every person that came across the path of the apostle Paul, what did he still do? He still preached the kingdom of God. Now, there's many in our church, you've gone through Christian school, you've gone through Bible college, you've been around the things of God, you've been involved in ministry. Man, if I had, if I had a church that I could do, what about the person that comes across your path? Are you preaching the kingdom of God to them? Oh, I wish I had some young people to invest in. What about the ones that live in your house? What about the ones you come across? See, the, the purpose does not change. So as a church, our purpose does not change. Whatever opportunities we have or don't have, we still preach the kingdom of God. 
It's still about Him. It's still about the gospel. No matter where you are in life, what comes your way, what in your mind limits you, I believe this, I believe God allows somebody to get sick because there's somebody who needs the gospel. That they, that's the only way they cross paths. I believe God would stop the world from moving so that the gospel would get preached to somebody who otherwise would not hear it. You see, God would allow all that. He cares enough about that lost soul. He sent His Son to die on the cross and pay for their sins. The very thing that may be taking place in your life may be locking you down because He's going to allow somebody to come across your path that otherwise would not come across your path, and you've got to be preaching the kingdom of God to them. What do you think about all this going on? I get asked this all the time. What do you think about all this going on? I say, I think Jesus is coming soon. They either stop talking to you or they begin to engage in conversation. What happens is, I believe Jesus is coming. Uh, well, I wish we could do... Well, what about the ones that we come in contact with every single day? See, the purpose did not change. We get to number three this morning, and we see number three that the truth does not change. Notice verse 31, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just stop right there. Paul was a political prisoner, but he still was teaching the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things that go on in our nation, and I, I don't think as a citizen we ought to stick our head in the sand. But I'm more interested in teaching the things of the Lord Jesus Christ than I am the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, or any party in between. Teach the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. But notice this phrase, with all confidence. I don't know if that speaks to you, but it speaks to this preacher. We come to the end of the book of Acts we know because we've been in 2 Timothy chapter number 4 for some time. He's coming to the end of his life. He is, Paul is going to be martyred for his faith. If you just even casually read the book of Acts, you know he's committed no reason, crime to be imprisoned. You know he's done nothing but preach the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be beaten and to be persecuted. That's all he has done. And he has gone through imprisonments. He's gone through tortures. He's gone through beatings. He's gone through, through, through the, the mob hate and the mob trying to have him killed. And now he's under house arrest. And Paul still teaches with all confidence. That truth is still truth. Can I remind you and I this morning that the Bible is still true even if you've been disappointed in life? I preach with great confidence this morning in the midst of a quote-unquote pandemic. Well, you know some of those Numbers aren't true, but I know that book is true. It's still true. Well, Pastor, this, this happened in my life. This happened in my marriage. This happened in my circumstances that I never saw coming, and it stole dreams from me. It stole, it, it stole life from me. 
But the Bible is still true. God is still on his throne. And your disappointment and my disappointment doesn't mean God has, not, has changed. It doesn't mean the Bible is not true. We have to depend on it more than ever. And this morning, I know my life has taken some, some turns and some changes. And there's times when I've looked at God and said, what in the world is going on? But this I can preach to you this morning with all confidence. God never changes. This book is true. And every word that is in it has been preserved for all of eternity because my God changes not. Your lockdown doesn't invalidate the Bible. Your disappointment doesn't invalidate the Bible. Your life-altering event does not invalidate the Bible. If you'll just look to the Bible, you'll find out how much it validates the Bible. But oftentimes, there's too many Christians that life hasn't gone according to how they planned. And by the way, how arrogant is that for a man to plan his life? Mom and Dad, I've planned it out. And so the world needs to change to make sure that I get my plan. By the way, young people, I'm glad that you have dreams. I'm glad you have goals. But you're, you ought to always be running those by God to make sure they line up with Him. And we can take that from the teenagers this morning all the way up to the young couples and all the way up to the, to the oldest person in the building this morning. God has a right to alter your life. God has a, light, a right to change your life. God has a right to turn your life upside down. And I, have your dreams, have your goals, but sometimes God says, I'm going to put you under a house arrest. And you can be reminded this morning that just because it seems like I'm locked down and I can't do what I'd like to do, I can't do what I thought I would do, I can't even do for God what I'd like to do for God, doesn't mean truth changes. Do you realize that every command in the Bible is still in, is still in there? And in 2020, in spite of everything going on, God still means what He says. The commands in this book are still commands. The, 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 he, 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 you know, only if, if God had only known what was going to take place. They're still commands. And the principles that we are to live by, they're still true. The comfort that we find in the Word of God is still comforts. Truth does not change. Paul understood that. Well, this isn't the, the building I thought I'd be preaching in. But whoever's coming to see me today, well, I got a message prepared for them. You, you study and, and just study, if you're, if you're not careful, if you read through the ministry of the Apostle Paul, you, you'll lose some certain th people that Paul wins to Christ. See, so how does the, the church, and from here we find the expansion of the church. How did that happen? Well, those prison guards had to guard him pretty tight. And guess what they got all day long? 
The scripture tells us that many of them were converted. It says, now that you're saved, this is what you need to do. You need to go home. You need to tell your wife. You, you, you need to tell your children. And by the way, Scripture tells us, too, that people were able to come and go like Luke. Some of these that we're seeing in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, they were able to come and go. And Hey, there's Christians already in Rome. And from house arrest, Paul through, of course, the help of the Lord, is pulling the strings for the growth of the ministry of God. Probably not the way that he ever envisioned it. But can you imagine looking around his, his circumstances and say, well, here I am, but I'm going to, with all confidence, I'm going to teach everything that has to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can put it this way to you and I this morning, no matter what you're going through, Jesus is still resurrected. He's still at the right hand of the Father. Truth, this, this will help you and I. And this morning, life may be going exactly as you have planned it up to this point. Well, hold on. Because when it changes, you can still with all confidence understand that truth never changes. We look at number four preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. We said, number one, the focus does not change. Number two, the purpose does not change. Number three, the truth does not change. Number four, the opportunity does not change. Even when he was in under house arrest, he said, no man forbidding him, the opportunity was still there for him to fulfill the will of God for his life. You know, I wonder what opportunities we miss because we're looking at the ones we lost. Think about that for just a moment. Pastor, if this hadn't happened, I could have. So what opportunities are you missing because you're thinking of the ones that passed you by? What opportunities are you missing because... You're feeling sorry for yourself as a child of God. See, the opportunity does not change. And what, what I mean by that, no man forbade him, forbid him God's will, God's plan can go on because God does allow through bad circumstances, through what we think is a missed opportunity, there are great opportunities. Let me read that statement to you. I read towards the beginning of the message. When we are locked down in life, we tend to believe the opportunity has passed us by instead of considering the lockdown is the opportunity. I've already mentioned this to you. Paul still won people to Christ. Not only is it every Christian's responsibility to be a witness, every Christian has the opportunities. You may not have the opportunities another person has, but everybody has an opportunity. You may not have the opportunity that you once had, but you still have an opportunity. See, when he was locked down, he still decided, I'm, I'm going to be an encouragement to who does come across my path. And see, God took Paul's life and he simplified it. 
He part it narrow down. I'm going to allow whoever comes to you, that's who you minister today, Paul. Whoever crosses your path, that's who you minister to. And you and I, we can look at the multitude so long that we fail to see those that come across our path each and every day. Why don't you make up your mind, you're just going to be an encouragement to somebody. Well, Pastor, I need encouraging. Well, encourage somebody. And you'll be surprised at how much that encourages you. Well, I, I, the dreams I had, I, they're not going to be there. Well, how about investing in somebody who can still have those dreams? Too many times Christians act like, you know, eight-year-old girls who didn't get their way. Well, if I don't get it, nobody else gets it. Well, hey, if, if, if you've missed out on something, why don't you pour your life, invest so that somebody else can have it? I wish, I wish I'd have been able to go to a Christian school. I wish my kids had been able to go to a Christian school, but that didn't happen. Okay, well, why don't you help somebody else go? I wish I'd have grown up in Sunday school. I wish, I wish I'd have had those opportunities. Well, help somebody else who doesn't have anybody to bring them. Help them go. Well, life, life changed, and, I, and because of circumstances, I can't, I'm not going to be able to do in life what I thought I'd be able to do. Well, Opportunity has not changed. It's just different than you thought it would be. It still amazes me. We get used to it because we look at it as a fact, and it is a fact. That there are prison epistles. There are portions of Scripture that were written while Paul was in prison. But you think about the man who was under the influence of the Holy Spirit when he penned those words. Probably not the setting that we would have ever imagined God's eternal word would be penned. But yet Paul, God said, Paul, many, many, he didn't say it like this, but this is how I imagine it. In the mind of, Paul, uh, mind of God, God knew that centuries after the Apostle Paul lived, there'd be a Christian who'd be discouraged. And that Christian would turn to the book of Philippians and find encouragement to keep on going. Paul, I know the zeal, study the zeal of Paul, unmatched by any man who's ever lived, in my opinion. And that zeal is what makes you the Apostle Paul. So I got to slow you down, Paul. I got to slow you down long enough because my word needs to be recorded. And that letter you're going to, pen and sin, yes, it's going to encourage those Christians. It's going to give instruction to those Christians. One day, centuries later, there's going to be a preacher who's going to stand behind the pulpit of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. And he's going to preach to that group of Christians to put on the armor of God. And to take comfort in your day and not be afraid of flesh and blood, but be aware of the principalities and 
put on the armor of God so that you can fight the spiritual warfare, not be a casualty. Paul, i got to slow you down long enough so that you can pin those words because that is the greater good for my kingdom. That is the greater good for my cause. And friend, you don't, you don't know all through history, whether it be a, a, an old lady who, who is widowed, but now all she had was a Sunday school class to pour herself into. And God would place a little child in that Sunday school class who He would put a call to preach on Him and raise Him up to not reach dozens, which is a great thing, but to reach multitudes with the gospel. But i got to slow you down long enough because you don't know what I'm going to do. There's some today, you carry a burden, and you say, if I could just lay this down, I could run for God. If I laid this down, I could, I could do more things for God. I could provide in a greater way for my family. I could do all of these things. But God, in His omniscience, He knows that He's got to put certain things in your life and my life so that we'll focus on what is right in front of us. So that we can invest in that individual. So that we can get strength out of that day. We can encourage that brother or sister in Christ. Because God's going to do a continued work. Hey, this morning, sometimes that lockdown is a great opportunity. As I close this morning, I, I think of the lockdown that we have been in. Well, this morning, the gospel that, I, that is preached from behind this pulpit, this message this morning is going places that it didn't go before. There's a newspaper that is shipped to 42 states, I believe. And I believe God is going to use... Though just those as a couple of examples to encourage, to get the gospel to places it never would have gotten. Because of a lockdown, I wonder who's been... Well, there's been some discouragement, but I wonder who's found encouragement. There are some of us, we know each other a lot better. We miss people more. I don't know what all God is going to use in that lockdown. Maybe we've all had our prayer life strengthened. Maybe we've all evaluated our future and what really matters and what's really important and how short our time really is as a church to make a difference. But in a more personal way this morning, don't miss the opportunity God has for you because you think you've lost your opportunity. Your disappointment may be the opportunity God has for you. Your burden may be the opportunity. You missing out on something in life may be exactly what God has for you. Let's not be a Christian who doesn't look at the day God's given us, the things that will cross our path today. This is, a good, good, this is a good illustration, a good point to make in church. We go to church week in and week out, but sometimes we fail to realize that the day, the church service we're in, is the opportunity God is giving us 
to make a decision in our life, to grab a hold of a truth in a greater way, to determine. Too many times we sit in a church service, we hear the Word of God preach, and we say, that was good, and we go, wow. What we ought to be doing is thinking today, whose path, who crosses my path every day? We ought to be making a mental note this morning of somebody we work with, a neighbor or somebody, the crosses we see all the time. We ought to stop and ask the Lord for an opportunity to encourage, to witness, to pay attention. That would change something. You know, I, I'm for it, and we're going to get things back the way that we want them to get back to. But in the meantime, people are still hurting. People are still lost. People still need encouragement. I wonder if God's not using part of this to slow us down and say, you've been buying from that person for 15 years, and you've never given them a gospel tract. But you've got no problem knocking on a stranger's door and giving them one. You know, if we all, as God's people, live what I'm preaching this morning, we wouldn't have to have a soul winning time. Because we'd all just be, how can I minister to my neighbors? How can I minister to the people I do business with? How can I minister to my, my coworkers? I just want to see this morning that everything that we look at as bad in our life, God doesn't look at it that way. And some of the very heartaches you, you wish you could go back and eliminate is what makes you, you. And God always puts you through something to prepare you for something else he's got for you to go through. Hey, apply, let's apply this message this morning. I, I, I'm, I'm a fairly ambitious person. I know there's times in my life where God said, Stop. Pause. But God, i got to get all this stuff done. It's amazing. Books have been written in some of those times. Some of the truths that I've preached from behind this pulpit and seen God do mighty works with were born in those times. Hey, let's look at what God's doing in our life and let's acknowledge it and let's take advantage of it. Let's take advantage of what God has for us. Father, we pray this morning that you'd use the message.